You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Hi folks and welcome to Let's Talk Photography episode 20. I'm your host Bart Bouchatz and joining me today I have Antonio and Tom from Switch to Manual. Hi guys. Hey Bart. Hey Mark. It's great, hey. great to have you guys on. Um, I Switch have... to Manual guys, yeah. Well, that's what you are, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Or the New York guys. Do your accents again. I've been listening to your show and you're pulling the piss out of each other's accents. Tom does it. I go, hey, hey yeah, Tom, got... how you doing? How you doing? <laughs> He's got the... <laughs> Keeps trying that Brooklyn accent. I like it. It's Brooklyn with a twinge of Miami in there. Actually, you, you guys were saying that everyone in America comes from Brooklyn, but I think you all come from Ireland, so I have his beat. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you got a point. I was, I, was, I was cycling along today listening to you guys, and I, I, was, I was along a canal in the middle of nowhere when that point came up, and I'm pretty sure I screamed it out loud. <laughs> but there was no one there, so it's fine. Anyway, our topic for this episode, and perhaps it's going to be a two-parter, we'll see is the rather vague topic of photographing people. And I was very careful not to use my usual adjective, which is shooting, because then we might get sort of shut down by the FBI or something if I have a podcast entitled Shooting People. Yeah, end up in Guantanamo. Yeah, I don't want to do that. So photographing people. And given that it's such a very large topic, um, I thought the way to, or a way to put some order on the topic would be to sort of start zoomed out and then work our way in. And this is also a topic where I'm going to be doing a lot of learning um, because if you look through my Flickr stream, you will probably notice that photographs of people are not something I have really been able to achieve. It, it's just, I, it, it, it's a gap in, the, in my portfolio, quite a large gap. But the one thing I can talk about is the importance of photographs that are not of people, but with people. Which is somehow subtly different, but very important. Uh, and I think you guys are actually talking about this recently. So, do, do, do you want to? Does someone want to jump in on this? Tom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I'm trying to remember specifically. I know we were uh, we were talking with Marco Larousse, a street photographer based out of Ham- Hamburg, Germany. And I, I know we just touched on the notion of the human element. So, you know, even even when you're just taking sort of like a large cityscape or urban shot and you're maybe, you know, soaking up the architecture and just the the vibe of a city, it's really interesting and fascinating how like the presence of a person can just exert such influence. You know, I guess we're just inherently intrigued with people and it just adds something uh interesting to an image when when you have them when there's someone there also to 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 sometimes just the practical part of being able to add scale and context to the to the subject matter too yeah it's something i discovered so one of my muses um is uh the place i work which is st patrick's college which is a very pretty place and you know, when I got my camera first, one of the first things I tried to do was capture the the feel of this place, which I think is really beautiful. And it wasn't working. The, the, mm. the pictures didn't have impact. They were, you know, it showed the buildings and it showed the grounds, but they didn't, there was no emotional reaction to those photographs. And it was because I was carefully waiting until everyone had walked out of the shot. Uh, I I don't want people in this. I'm trying to capture this beautiful place. And it didn't work at all. It was it was terrible. And I think it was I think there was one day it was just it was a beautiful day and it was too busy. And I just took the pictures anyway and I got home and I was like, oh, so that's what was missing. (laughs) Um, And I'm going to stick into into the the, the chat and into the show notes or the, the photograph with the penny dropped. So. One of the things the campus has is these amazing, I, I believe they're linden trees, but they turn this amazing colour of yellow. And it's not like a hint of yellow. It's They, they just turn yellow and there's a lot of them. Hmm. And you have this amazing avenue of these yellow trees. And I, it looks amazing in the flesh. And I could just, I never got it. And then this picture, I'm going to stick in the Skype now, if I can find my Skype window. 
Oh, Microsoft, why do you keep changing soap? <laughs> is the first time I caught the place. And it was because there were people. It was, it was a gorgeous day and there mm. were just people. And, you know, the, the guy came jogging by and actually it's one of the, the, the road signs I find particularly hilarious. It says pedestrian traffic only. <laughs> Which is what a strange way to say no cars. <laughs> yeah. But I must have shot that same shot 20 times and it never worked until I allowed the people to be there. And then it tells a story. And the place is alive. That's part of the feel of the place. It's, it's, it's a happening place. So. Yeah, and just what I said before is that I'm looking at the shot and, you know, you have these runners in the background and the one coming in the foreground. And their sense of scale is different, and they're also lending scale to the place um, in that yes. shot. And I think you wouldn't really have that. Like, you know, I'm imagining the shot without the people there and this road. I mean, I can see the size of the leaves and stuff like that, but if I wasn't looking carefully, I wouldn't have a sense of how how deep the uh, road is. Without yeah, it's the a long there. avenue, yeah. And, of course, we don't have yeah. a depth of a sense of depth in a flat photograph, yeah. Right. So and it wouldn't people. mean the same thing if you didn't have people, like if there was some other object in there, maybe like a trash can, where you wouldn't want that anyway, but I don't, it wouldn't give that sense of scale. You know, we, we all sort of resonate with our human sizes. And so yeah. when we look at a picture with people, we, we instantly resonate with that in some way because we're people. And so we look at that and we can say, okay, now I understand how big this is or where it is or maybe what the feeling is behind the picture. And that yeah. pedestrian traffic sign is is so prominent, you know. So it somehow it's it's nice to have the pedestrians, and you know, two appear to be walking, and then the one guy running, and and the two walking in the distance, because they're in black, they're almost like the trunks of the trees, you know. Mm, if you yes. follow that visual towards the center, but the guy running towards you in white is just. You know, and you can sort of like get a hint of sort of eye contact with him as he's running towards you. And, yeah, it's really uh, uh, engaging. Yeah. And as I say, I if I look through my aperture library, there are 20 or 30 shots with those same leaves and they never worked. And that was the first time I went, oh, so that's <laughs> what was missing. Uh, I'm going to throw one more photograph into the mix. And that's probably the last time I'm going to be able to contribute to this discussion. <laughs> so... Another thing, it's not always easy to do, but something I've been actively trying to do of late is get some people into my railway photography. And there's only one so far that I actually think hangs together as a, I think it actually succeeded. And I don't, I generally speaking, don't take photographs in stations because I find that boring. But I was, I was on my way home. I had my camera. The sun was setting. In fact, it had set, but it was a sort of that orangey glow afterwards and the train was in the station, and then a lady was walking by with a suitcase, and I was like, ah, now it's a story. <laughs> now, now there's something happening here. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, yeah. you know, because I have lots of pictures of that station that don't work, but that one works. And it, it's just because the lady is there, and I, you can't recognize her. She's not the subject, but without her, it ain't the same photograph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of coming and going, you know. The train looks like it's pulling in and she's walking away and it kind of provides some symmetry and, uh, yeah, it makes it more alive, I think. When you're left wondering, so where is she going to? She has a suitcase, whatever. Is she going somewhere nice? Yeah, yeah. Is she coming home? Is she going to the parking lot? Yeah, yeah, you don't know. Yeah, exactly. So right. it, yeah. It, it's left entirely to, to the viewer to, to sort of figure it out and... I don't know, the nice light makes it sort of maybe slightly melancholy. I don't know. Anyway, it's... <laughs> yeah, it's soft, yeah. But it does tell a picture. I mean, tell a story. It's sort of, you know, it's engaging in that way. And it just, it, to me, it's sort of iconic of just traveling, you know. I mean, the little wheeled bags and that's what we do. That's how we get around. That, that is the know? 21st century way, isn't it? We don't have suitcases yeah. anymore. We have little things with handles and wheels. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's, you know, that's the biggest thing that's changed in this student town since I was a student. We had backpacks. Mm-hmm. Great ba- so every Friday, the whole place was full of backpacks as if we were all off to a hostel or something. We were just going home to our mammies to do our laundry. And now on a Friday, you hear the sound of wheels. The whole town sounds like wheels on a Friday because all the students are going home for the weekend and they all have those bags. Right. Interesting. And there are backpacks too. It's backpacks with wheels now. Oh, I've seen them, well, a lot of kids in our in, in Brooklyn carry, they carry so many books that their backpacks now have wheels on them. So oh, no, that's tragic. To save their backs. <laughs> Give them an iPad, put all the books on the iPad. Oh. 
Well, yeah. If the Los Angeles School District is anything to go by, that's a bad idea. But that's that's for another podcast. (laughs) So when it comes to photographing people, this is as close as I get. (laughs) I include people in my photographs of things. But you guys take, you guys are, I mean, your whole podcast is about the next sort of zoomed in level, which is photographs of people in the street. I mean, actually, maybe I'm even wrong on that. Is, Is street photography about the people or the street or are the two completely intertwined and not separable? <sighs> or is that too deep? <laughs> no, no, question. no. It's a great question. I, yeah, I, it's, I, it's hard for me to separate. You know, it's. Uh, I, I feel like it's all you know part of what you're capturing. I mean, oftentimes, I, I, I can't speak for Antonio. Although, you know, Tony, your images are just so centered around interesting people, and I think you know, we sh- we share that in common. And I, it seems like a lot of street photographers are. It's the interesting person that generally catches your eye and gets you to shoot something. But yeah, I mean, it's also that just even in in the images that you were just showing us, part that you know the relationship between a setting and the person and the story that tells or the questions that raises. I mean, oftentimes it's some of my favorite pictures are have to do with sort of a. Um, you know, that those random moments that somehow somebody doing something interesting or something uh, interacting with the environment, even if it's unintentional, like kind of cool street art and somebody just happens to be walking by something. Tony's actually, that, that, that's, that's something that springs to mind immediately, actually. Yeah. Antonio, you have some amazing shots of this massive American flag painted on a wall with people carrying on with life in front of it. And somehow... I mean, I, I think a lot of people think street photography think black and white, but those shots of yours strike out to me because they're so not the stereotype and yet so very obviously street photography. Yeah, and uh, I'm trying to think of the picture. Is it the one, oh, with the uh, don't tread on me kind of thing? That street. might be it. I, I know it has yeah, really yeah. vibrant colors, like the, the exact inverse of your traditional black and white Henri Cartier-Bresson look. I mean, yeah. it's, it's yeah. auga well, colors. Yeah, it's a conscious choice to make, you know, whether or not it's black and white or color just because of, I mean, I've I've done that image in black and white too before just to just to change it up. But um, what I was going to say is that, that the environment, you know, street photography is also not limited to, you know, urban environments. And I think it's anything when you're out and about in a place where humans have put their mark um, on it. And what what occurs to me is that that the neighborhoods, the environments don't change that often. So, you know, you can go back to the same street and the light will change a little bit, but the buildings are the same and the sidewalks are the same. But what constantly changes is the people. That's that's mm. the infinite um, diversity. Uh, what is it? Um, I'm a Star Trek guy. Um, infinite diversity, infinite combinations come from the people that are there. And so that becomes like I, I – my, the base of my street photography is really just two or three different streets that I walk on. I mean if you notice – and we, we can include a link to my Instagram account because that's where I'm posting up all the street pictures. But generally, all my street shots are Cortelia Road, McDonald Avenue, Ocean Parkway, Coney Island Avenue. And that's pretty much it. And so those things don't change. But there is a constant – even some of the same people. I photograph some of the same people over and over again because everybody's got a routine. They're mm-hmm. never the same in those pictures. you know. And so I never think, well, I'm shooting the same thing. Like if I was shooting the street and the subway stop – you know, it's going to look the same more or less. I mean, the light, like I said, the light will change or not. But the person, like this one guy who, this uh, Hasidic gentleman who always comes to this corner about the same time that I do, I photographed him three or four different, five different times maybe. And yeah. every shot is so different of this of this guy. And so that's the sort of the appeal. It's the, the infinite changes that people bring to a picture that, yeah. that makes it so compelling, I think. Even if you're just, you know, shooting um, like you're a, a subject, I mean, street photography, of course, you know, you're kind of limited to the few seconds of passing and, and you know, you can get multiple opportunities when you see the same people. Um, but, you know, just in a, a more traditional photographic setting, you know, if you have a model or someone you're just photographing and, you know, taking a portrait, it's so interesting how – just a slight change in angle and perspective, lighting, you know, the sun going behind a cloud. I mean, 
like the the infinite variations just with 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 the same person. I mean, I love that phrase. Tony is fantastic, you know. And what was it? Infinite, infinite, infinite diversity, infinite combinations. I dick. I D I C. It's it's Spock's. It's the Vulcan. Ah, <laughs> it's the Vulcan phrase. Vulcan Spock theology on, on, a, on a photography podcast. I like it. <laughs> well, it, yeah, it works. I mean, that's the whole thing. I think that's the whole point of it. Yeah, it's so multi- true. Yeah. Um. Actually, so you guys had great interviews with um. Was it Marco? What was his? Surname? Marco Marco Larousse. Marco Larousse. Uh, there was some, Hamburg Cam on Twitter, by the way. Just to... there was something you said during that in, uh, during that interview that that, that that made a penny drop with me. You said that you shoot from the hip, and looking at your street photos, there's 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 something that's always caught me as strange about them because they don't look like if I was walking there in the street, and it's because they're from halfway my height. Yeah. So that different point of view, I think, makes us it makes us look differently at the ordinary. If that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. I I know what you mean, Bart. I I think, you know, Tony might even just sort of take it for granted at this point because he has his method with the camera over shoulder. And so, you know, Tony, it is like it's lower than eye view. And you're probably so used to it from just taking so many shots. But um, it it is it it makes it. Uh, part of what makes your image is distinctive, I think. It is. It's from an unusual uh, height. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. If we're, and if we're talking about people photography, we, we go back to the person who's been most famous in the past couple of years, the, the pictures from Vivian Myers. Mm. You know? And um, she photographed using a twin lens reflex, which was something that was hanging around her neck. Right, uh, and this is how you use those cameras too. You either oh. hold them around your neck, or you sort of peer down into them. But you were always taking it from the point of view of your belly you know, button, your, your belly button, and and so her photographs and anybody else who shoots that way, it's the same kind of thing. They're perhaps people. The subjects are perhaps looking at her in the eyes, and not aware that the camera below her is taking the picture. So, oh, yeah, of course, the, yes, actually, that that's a really important actually because you're right. The people aren't looking at the camera. Right. In fact, if you look at a bunch, you know, search through some of my pictures and you'll see the people who are looking at me are looking at me. So they're looking above the camera because I've got the camera at my hip. No, you've my... actually hit on it because, you know, the, the the lower point of view definitely makes the shots distinctive. But you're right. It's the fact that the gaze is not at the camera that makes it that, that gives them that feel that I like. Right. Right. Well, it's it's one way of liking. I mean, you know, when you take the pictures of people. Your choice is doing that or putting the camera to your face, and so you're you're kind of disassociating yourself from the person. They're they're having to focus at the camera. And I just posted a um, a link to my uh, gallery from my website that shows all the um, portraits and pictures I've done as part of my uh, my portfolio. And you know, a vast majority of those where the people are looking at me, they're not looking at me; they're looking at the camera. You know, so I have no engagement with these, with yeah. these people who are staring at me. They're interacting with a lens, so it's it's an interesting change. It's an interesting, you know, um, the only way we're ever going to capture that is if if you know, I guess Google Glass would be the only way to capture something where someone's looking you directly in the eye and you happen to be taking a picture of them. But you know, well, I'm not sure. With, yeah, I'm not sure with Google Glass if they are looking you in the eye or if they're just looking at, at your funny headgear. <laughs> It's kind of the same thing. <laughs> it's just a different shape, big DSLR camera. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, I, I'm just keeping scrolling through your stream, which is which is very enjoyable, but probably... Which one are you I, looking at? The, well, I'm the, trying to find that photograph I was describing so I could put it in the show notes, but I've made it as far as some very, very, very colorful people out in a parade. Oh, you're at, you're in my... Uh... You're on Flickr, yes? I am on your Flickr, and yeah, you these to people to are very Instagram. colorful. Yeah, you have to Is that to the Instagram. Mermaid Parade? That's yeah, the mermaid parade. mostly yes. they have, like, shells over their... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming up. Yeah, that's coming oh, up is in this? a few weeks, yeah. So, of course it is. You'll be seeing again. more of those pictures, yeah, in the next... I mean, that, there's, a, there's a... You know, that parade is all about people. The whole thing is one giant people parade showing off and acting out in front of the camera. Um... And parades like that where it's 
sort of a free-for-all in a way, mm. is one of the best experiences you could have for shooting people. I think Tom and I, I think, did we talk about that once? Um, we were you guys about, have like, definitely talked about about this this parade on your show, I th- or here. Yeah. Somewhere. And yeah. saying that it was one of the good experiences, like if for people who are wanting to go out and take pictures of people, sometimes it's a really hard thing to do. Uh, just to go out into the street or wherever and start taking pictures of strangers. But when you're in an environment like that or a parade or everybody's celebrating, mm-hmm. yeah, it is such a great opportunity to because everybody has their their barriers down. Mm-hmm. They're they're celebrating. They're happy. They want to play in front of the camera, and it's such a great way to get the chance to take pictures of people and have it be an enjoyable experience for both the photographer and the and the subject. I wish we'd recorded this slightly earlier in the year before St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> because I think that's exactly the kind of atmosphere you're talking about, right? As, you know, yeah, St. Patrick's right. Day parade. Yeah, it's like Mardi Gras. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's times where it's just accepted and encouraged and celebrated and people are just like, yeah, take my picture, you know, and it's just, yeah, it's a lot of the normal social inhibitions around uh, public photography, street photography are just dropped and it's fun. Yeah, it's, it's a great way to test the waters and just experiment and have fun. Yeah. And one thing you have to do is like hand out your card to everybody to say, yeah, well, I'll email you the picture because nobody really cares. <laughs> Everybody's just like, take my picture, take my picture, and then they run away. <laughs> yes, that I know, picture. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I see the picture you're talking about now, the big uh flag that's painted on a wall uh on mcdonald avenue tom you've seen that before right the... yeah uh-huh. yeah so this, i'm gonna pop this in the show notes for people but it, it's a giant it's a big american flag painted as if it's ruffling in the wind but on a brick wall so it's sort of 2d and 3d at once with, with a lady minding her own business and a giganto snake popping out popping her head out <laughs> at her saying don't tread on me i mean it looks like she's gonna be eaten whole yeah yeah yeah, it's a really scary mural. Actually, I know the artist um, who who paints who painted that, and uh, I photographed him for a newspaper once. I think he's might be based in in Staten Island. Um, his name is escaping me. It's Scott something. I want to say like Bio, but um, that's not it. But um, yeah, but some of them are like more subtly aggressive and horrifying. Some are just more kind of patriotic. But but that one in particular um, is obviously, as you're saying, Bart, I don't know if the listening audience will be able to see the image. But, yeah, it's really intense. Well, if the listening and, audience go to letstashtalk.ie and go to show number 20, they can – I will have it in the oh, show notes because I think this is – you have to see this. Yeah, and obviously and the this, guy has good quality paint because those blues are blue. Yeah, those reds are very red. Yeah, and that was a sunny day. And what you were talking about before, Bart, with I had taken this picture of this mural a bunch of times uh, without a person in front of it, and mm. it's just a recording of this wall, and it's nice and interesting, and there's texture on it, but it it's lacking any kind of connection to the world. In some sense, and once I mean, I photographed people in front of this. I've, there's a few other shots that I've done in black and white with people walking in front and, and different gestures of the people, and it makes all the difference to have a person for the sense of scale. Obviously, what we were talking about, I mean, this giant snake and this little person, yeah, and you know, the sense of urbanness and you know, the unawareness that the person has that they're walking by this, you know, giant snake on the wall. I mean. It doesn't work without a person there. Just, just sorry, <laughs> not really related, but judging by your photo stream as I scrolled by, that was around about the same time you uh, adopted Mercedes. Yes, <laughs> there's a very cute picture of Mercedes on your head, <laughs> <laughs> which is a cat, not a car, for the for the listeners. Right? Yeah, there's a whole story about her, and I won't get into that now. But she, that's why she's named Mercedes because we found her in a car engine while we were driving down the road. But the if anybody wants, if they're interested, go Google search Mercedes the Kitten. You'll see the story. But, uh, yeah, that might have been about the same time. Yeah. And well, if, if you know, Flickr is sort of one of those bizarre time travel things. Uh, yeah. But it, it's yeah. at the same point in your in your photo stream, so I guess it must have been around about the same time. Probably, yeah. Yeah, roughly. Yeah. Within a... Uh, ah, okay. So there we go. So you do indeed have monochrome ones as well of the same snakes. We'll grab that for yeah. the show notes, too. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it's interesting. And the other one, the person is moving away from the snake, and it makes it even more disturbing. 
Because there is this lady being chased up the street by a giant snake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she's actually, she's hunched over in such a way that it, I mean, you know, you're obviously reading into it because of the picture, but it, it, almost, it really looks like she's being harassed by that uber snake. Yeah. It's interesting. I framed it very similarly, too. Yeah. About the same scale. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to, I wanted to talk about how, you know, for the longest time, Bart, I'm sort of like you, I was not photographing. People were not a big part of my, say photo stream for lack of a better phrase. Um, occasionally I would do it. If you look at my, when you go to my website and you look at my page with people, most of that is commercial work that I did, um, for stock agencies or, Maybe photographing a friend for headshots or whatnot, but you know that was not part of my everyday routine was to photograph people. Um, but it was only in the more recent past that I started getting into photographing people on the street because I don't know. I think it was originally when I got my iPhone, and I found that there was a really good, easy way to to be quiet about taking people's pictures in the street, and that sort well, of. That gives me hope because when I, you know, looking at your stream now, people are very, very major things. So if you could make that transition, maybe I can too. (laughs) Well, Tom is all about photographing people. I think when I'm, Tom, I think most of your photo stream is people. So that's what you do. Yeah. um, Primarily, I I would say so. Um, I mean, I, you know, I, I do love nature, but even when I'm shooting nature, I tend to kind of connect with particular beings you know like hawks and things like that that are looking right at me or that owl flying right at me i don't i don't know what it is it kind of yeah there's like a a relational element but yeah I, i love shooting people i mean as much as i do it i have to say you know there's there's still times where it'll be weird you know like antonio um i mean i don't know if i can find this picture quickly but um, I think you saw that shot the other day because we were both looking at my computer. I, I was on a crowded subway and I look up and this guy facing me is wearing a T-shirt that has Darth Vader um, breathing in an inhaler. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and I thought it was so funny, you know, and I, I had my camera on me, you know, and my kind of, you know, belly pack, which I can just whip out in half a second. So I did and just took a shot. And he kind of gave me this surprise look. I mean, it was a crowded subway, you know, and and all of a sudden I just got this huge camera on this guy's face, and and he looked at me just kind of startled. I, I think it was the end of the day, and it was rush hour. Everyone was coming back from the city, and then I just said, "Hey, man, that's a great shirt," and then he just laughed, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, I I still sometimes have to power through, you know, my own just kind of uncertainty or, or just, you know, inhibitions, but yeah, I, I'm a, you know, it's part of what, uh, I'm drawn to do definitely is photograph people. Well, Tom, I'm thinking about those pictures that you took during the, um, Superstorm Sandy relief, uh, with everybody, um, in the church moving all the, the supplies and stuff like that. And that was so much about the people doing this, uh, and yeah. yeah. And those shots that you took of the devastation too, where you always seem to be including some of the, I don't know, something personal in the in the debris field that that was there. I can't remember where where the shots were taken, but there was always something in the foreground or some focused on something that sort of brought a piece of humanity into the into the picture. And that's kind of what we're talking about too. It's like shooting people doesn't always have to include a person, but including something human in the image. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, that's a that's an interesting segue actually because something that, that that strikes you as you sort of scroll through your stream, Tom, just you know, sort of from top to bottom quickly through it is that the definition of people may need to expand a bit because a lot of the people you take pictures of are made of bronze or stone. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but they're great people photos, even even if they're photos of depictions of people. You know, I I think I'm partially drawn to that because, you know, there there's I mean, it's it's safe. You know, I I mean, you can sort of like 
play around with the, as we were talking about, just the infinite variety, even of a sculpture, you know, mm. I mean, from different perspectives and, you know, you're, you're going to get different kinds of looks. And to me, there, there's a challenge of like bringing something alive, you know, like if you're looking at a sculpture, it's like, where can I stand that I feel like this, this sculpture comes alive, you know, and that's, so that's sometimes what I'm trying to do. Well, there's one here that's particularly caught my eye. You, you, you'll understand why in a moment, um, <laughs> which I'm going to stick into the show notes for people. But it's taken in Dingle in Ireland. Yeah. And it's these pearly white statues against this really black, jagged, sharp rock. And it's such a great contrast between, you know, the, 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 well, the saints and, uh, and Jesus, uh, and, uh, you know, looking white and so unearthly. It's... Really quite st- quite impressive, actually. That's really? one of my favorite shots of Tom's. In fact, we I still owe you a print. We have to print that up before, oh, yeah. before too yeah. long. But uh, I, And I have to have a print of that for myself. <laughs> That's part of the price. It's, that is yeah. such a great picture. I was so drawn. I, Bart, I don't know if you've um, seen that in person. I haven't. There is. I have been in most of Ireland, but I have not been that far into Cork. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's it's just odd because, you know, it was kind of like around a hairpin turn. I mean, there's there's a viewpoint sort of down below that sculpture across the street, but I was like just jumped out of the car and just said, Hey, I you know, I've I've gotta get this shot. <laughs> and this is one of those cases where monochrome really comes into its own because the colour of that rock could only detract yeah. from that photograph. I mean, I yeah. don't know what color it was. It was probably a slight blue tinge, but it's probably slate. So, no, that, 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 that so one really right, jumps out. Yeah. So, so people are more than just moving people. And I, I was going to say statues don't move, but in, in Ireland in the 1980s, apparently they did. Uh-huh. It, it, was a, it was a big thing. People saw statues move. Huh. Yeah, well, we, we had a statue, a little Statue of Liberty in our neighborhood of Brooklyn that, that disappeared. And that was a big local mystery that was never solved. Remember oh, that? It was solved. Okay. It was solved. Was it? Yeah, well, it was terrible. Yeah, yeah. what happened? A terrible but, story. But, but we don't it, know who did it. There was a there was a Statue of Liberty at a at a coffee shop that's no longer there, and uh, um, somebody stole it. And eventually, the video appeared on YouTube with these two guys with masks, and they were sort of um, acting like uh, the guys from Al-Qaeda in Iraq, and they had a sign up on the wall, and they were masked, and they took a chainsaw and decapitated the Statue of Liberty. And and then, you know, screamed out something um, on the YouTube video, and then that was it. It was a terrifying, awful thing. Wow, that's talk about symbolic, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was strange, yeah. And and the coffee shop was very progressive, and so some people think it was kind of a, a backlash made to look like terrorism but you know it's funny man that statue you know i um it was donated to the coffee shop by somebody in manhattan and so the process i mean the thing was probably like i don't know tony seven or eight feet tall maybe something like that yeah yeah and and so we put it on wheels and pushed it across the brooklyn bridge and i i shot the whole thing cool so i have i have a million pictures of that statue somewhere (laughs) cool antonio you just Popped something into the Skype there. Do you yes, want to describe? This is a picture. Well, this is a picture that Tom took. He does not and, look like a happy man. Well, he's kind of grumpy, but it's one, another favorite shot. We, um, I think we talked about this in the etiquette of street photography on our podcast, but uh, it's this great shot of this gentleman wearing this sort of spiffy outfit, and he's mm. got sort of a straw hat on, and he's standing in uh, the front of an alleyway, and he's Got sort of a grimace look on it, but he doesn't look like he's angry or anything like that. It looks like that's just his face. He just, he just, he he just looks, looks cranky. He just looks like a cranky man. It's, yeah. such a, <laughs> it's such a dignified picture. Uh, his his the, outfit is, is, you know, compared, to, again, the white against the darker backgrounds, but his outfit is so pristine and the alleyway is a bit more ordinary. Right. It's yeah, such a contrast. Yeah. yeah. So, Tom, talk about this one. This is one of my favorite shots of yours. Um, well, it was, it was a fun random moment. I mean, I happened to be in Seattle, um, you know, visiting family out there and it, this was right around Pike Place Market, which is a great place to shoot, um, tons of interesting people and photo ops. And 
So it's like one block removed from this really hustling, you know, um, area, the center of, of Seattle, really. And, and I just, from across the street, saw this guy and just walked over. And, you know, I, I, I did ask him. And, I mean, it was like, I don't know, 9 o'clock in the morning on a weekday, and he's walking around in this tux. I mean, I, I, I would have to think he was used to having his picture taken. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, he he doesn't look like super jovial <laughs> but it was fun you know and i it was one of the memorable shots from the trip yeah it's it, it definitely you, that is someone with a story to tell i don't know what that story is but that that that's someone with a story to tell yeah and that's kind of yeah. the, that's kind of the pleasure of taking pictures of people is that you start to try to think about the stories that are being told by them in the photograph yeah Absolutely, yeah. It draws you in, and you're just like, "Wow, you know what? What is this guy's story?" It kind of asks the question, you know. The guy who um, I forget the photographer's name who does Humans of New York. I think that's one of the reasons, you know, um, his his work has become so hugely popular. I mean, the images are fantastic, and and there's from what I've seen, you know, I I borrowed the book from a friend. There was just little little captions that kind of tell the story, you know, tell a person's story, gives you a sense of who they are. Like, I, in hindsight, I wish I had just talked to this guy for a couple of minutes just to get a little bit of a feel for who is he and why does he walk around in a tuxedo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, sometimes it's fun not to know, you know. <laughs> so in this case, the, the chap obviously is, is posing for you. He's... You know, he's, yeah. he's standing in a quite a dignified pose. So obviously, I would have thought as a non-street photographer that the whole point was that people you don't people shouldn't be aware. But maybe maybe I'm being too strict. It, it I guess it does work both ways. That you, they can be you know they can be people who know you're taking their picture, and they can be people just being people. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I think there there is kind of a you know an unspoken or explicit. Um, preference for just purely candid shots and you know had i been you know had the circumstances been slightly different if i just looked up and he was approaching me you know i, I might have snapped a few before engaging him at all um but as it was you know i i saw him across the street and i kind of kind of chased him down to get the shot it, it's still a different kind of pose to really post though yeah, it's, right, it's, right. It's sort of a halfway house where he, you know, he is having his picture taken in a deliberate way, but he mm. isn't, he didn't prepare himself to have his picture taken. So it's sort of a half prepared, half not prepared. Right, right. Because, you know, he was just minding his own business. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how could you expect to walk around and not get photographed like that? Yeah. It's quite the outfit, I have to say. Yeah. 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 Definitely a, a smart gentleman. Yeah, the the sort of the basis of my pictures of people that I'm doing in the street is mostly not having them aware that I'm taking their picture. And that just sort of evolved uh, hmm. from just sort of, you know, an uncomfortableness I have just in general of going up and taking pictures of people and saying, can I take your picture? But it also comes from this sense that I really want to record people not preparing themselves to have their photograph taken. So they're in their world doing what they're doing or walking or talking to people and then sort of I'm just a fly on the wall. And it's interesting you chose that turn of phrase because I was just about to say that a lot of your photographs have that feeling of the sort of a fly on the wall Sort of like you can imagine in a history class 200 years from now where someone wants to describe what ordinary life was like in that part of New York and you could put up your pictures and I think yeah. people would get a sense of it, you know? Yeah. It, although I can't totally remove myself from the picture because people are often, not often, but sometimes they're looking at me and they see I have a camera and part of my whole shtick is to... um hide the fact that I'm taking a picture. So there's a lot of, I do some misdirection and some fidgeting and people, you know, I, they'll, you'll look at some of my pictures and you can tell people like, Hey, did you just take my picture? <laughs> like their look is just like some bit of surprise. And so somehow I've affected the situation 
by just being, you know, present. So I'm not a fly on the wall, but they're still not quite, you know, when people have their picture taken, they, they change their body a little bit. They prepare, they become self-aware. Yeah. yeah. It still has a candid feel, but yeah, it's that eye contact. It's really kind of a perfect balance in terms of engagement, but catching people just as they are. Yeah, and it's, there's no yeah, right I, way or wrong way. It's just the way I choose to. And then it's very fulfilling for me when I am able to find somebody and say, hey, can I take your picture? And I do so, and then we have that engagement for a second. And I enjoy that as well. It's just uh-huh. not my M, it's not my MO. My MO is to is to see life as it were if I was just sitting there on a park bench or just walking down the street. And that's how I that's how I experience New York and in in you know, I'm not engaging people in discussions every time I walk down the street. So they are just passing by me. They are just doing what they're doing. And again, my sort of start with like really intensive street photography with people. And this is not about street photography. It's just, this is what we, this is what I do. And I photograph people was really when I got the, when I got the iPhone and I started realizing some of the kinds of pictures I could take with that, that uh, the quality was good. And it was, on the sly and people couldn't see that I was like, they just thought I had a phone and what's the big deal. And so that sort of evolved from that. Yeah. It, it's, it's something else that strikes me actually about that, about street photography is a lot of street photography seems to play with this whole fact that the camera collapses depth. It's like intentional mergers. So it's not like the signpost out of someone's head you can do by accident, but it's actually playing with that flattening effect to, to have fun. Uh, you know, you just popped one into the chat that I'll stick in the show notes of a, an arrow pointing at a person saying entrance this way. Uh-huh. And Tom, your <laughs> Skype avatar is the perfect example. It's you, yeah. it's you with a halo that someone drew on a wall that you stood in front of perfectly. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, it's true. There, there is that compression that just turns whatever is there into sort of, you know, a painting, a work of art, and an image that where everything coalesces and just becomes part of the gestalt. Yeah, so you're taking something which in a lot of branches of photography you're trying to avoid and you're turning it into a feature instead of a bug. Yeah. Which, which I like. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, part uh, of the fun. Um, and Antonio, you said something a while ago that I, I think is probably worth re-mentioning. I, I think the phrase you used was touched by people or something like that. It, it was. Hmm. It's not necessarily of people, but that you get some sort of sense that people were here. You know the, the environment has been in some way peopled, mm-hmm. um, and as soon as you said that, I, yeah. as soon as you said that, I went looking through your photo stream for a photograph of yours I absolutely adore, which is taken in the snow, and so the presence of people is footsteps, and it's this beautiful house with a massive big portico, uh, just one line of footsteps through the snow up to this house and this amazing blue sky behind it. So I just pop it in the sky. Oh up yeah, there. yeah, yeah, and yeah. The, that is the ultimate <laughs> example of, you know, there are no people in this photograph, and yet... A, this person, is so, a, yeah. a person walked through the snow, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so it's, it's this, this feeling of the environment has been affected by people, and so it's still a shot, sort of, kind of, of people. Yeah, and I, again, it was... Oops, sorry, I hit my mic. Um, over microphones. Yeah, I keep bumping into it. It would be a different picture if that snow was pristine. I mean, it, it mm. would also say be... something nice, you know, like... But, you know... That was one of those big snowstorms we had la- uh, two th- in 2013, and and that was taken mm. with an iPhone, by the way. <laughs> well, Just a- okay, the i uh, the iPhone is the days when you have to put a disclaimer on a photo to say that it was taken with an iPhone and therefore to excuse the bad quality. Those days are so gone. They're so gone. Yeah, it's it's almost like not even worth mentioning that it took it with an iPhone. But I just bring it up because I was talking about it before. And you know we're just using we just use the gear that's appropriate for the time, and you know I think I was also shooting with a camera as well out there. But this one I I, I created a panoramic in a vertical format because I really wanted the, the the tall structure. But that leading line of the footsteps, or it's not it's not even really footsteps; it's sort of a trail leading. Yeah. Up. But you know that the only thing creating that would have been you know a person People's. going into their door, coming out. Yeah. Or the postman delivering mail, maybe Christmas cards. Right, right. So there's a story. There's multiple stories that you can create, and that's kind of the fun. The some of the ambiguity that that the uh, that can be brought in with with the human element without actually seeing a person. But what are these things doing? What are these shoes doing in the middle 
of mm. uh, the you know the street. I actually have this picture, and if I can find it, I'll put it in the street notes. It's really funny, but someone had taken a child's jacket and put it over a fire hydrant or a fire pump. <laughs> and it was the street, and it's actually about a block from where I took yeah. this picture. It wasn't the same day, but it was in the same neighborhood. And it was such a bizarre thing that someone did by dressing up this fire hydrant with this little child's jacket, you know. And to me, that was there's the human element. This, you know, you see the two arms, and it's sort of, it, it's not personifying the uh, the the fire hydrant, and really it isn't. But it is saying that to me, it's more a story like who put that there. Yeah, whose Why sense of it? humor? Someone had a quirky sense of humor. Who, I mean, the practical they? thing is that someone probably just lost the jacket and they were putting it, I'm thinking they were putting it there so that someone would find it, but possibly that's just one yeah. story. That's yeah. one story you can make up. Actually, so I thought I was only going to have two photographs to contribute today, but I just remembered I have a third one and I was reminded of it by your footprints because I have one where you see the guy making the prints, but he was the second person. I wish I'd been there like five minutes earlier so that I could have got the first footprints in the snow, but I, huh. I got the second set of footprints. Oh, yeah. Yeah. With the the guy as an umbrella, it looks like it's too small for him. Yeah, be... it's kind of bizarre. So he's actually a Catholic priest in all black where, and his, his umbrella is in Patrick's College, which is all black and white. And he's just walking out into this white environment. It's kind of cool. And again, this is that's a really great example that if you didn't if he was not there, it would be a, a nice photograph, you know, and even if the footprints weren't there. But that that story of mm-hmm. I mean, there are so many it's multitudes of stories now that uh, have um that are in this picture. Yeah, because this human being is there. And pixel wise, him and the footprints don't take up very much room, and yet, you know, people being as powerful as they are, yeah, they make the, they can make the picture. So maybe that's the takeaway: is that the, the, the effect of people on the scene can be really powerful, even if the physical size of that effect is tiny in the photo. So true. I, I was on the Upper West Side in Manhattan overlooking this park during one of the big snowstorms um, this past winter. And there was just this beautiful kind of, uh, you know, landscape view that I, I had a bird's eye view of because the park just descended below me. And somebody walked up as I was shooting it. And uh, you know, it was it was a woman, and as the woman kind of descended down into the snowy landscape, I took a couple shots, and those are the ones that are just the most interesting. You know, I mean, as she descended and, and disappeared in the distance, you know, she's small, but it's just that human element, something to it. Yeah, it's 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 magical. Okay, guys, I. I think this is going to be a two-parter because we have <laughs> we have come nowhere close to covering all of taking photographs of people, but I think it's been a really fun discussion. So in my concept of zooming in, we've gotten as far as from really zoomed out to quite zoomed out. So, <laughs> so when we next pick up the story, we still have a lot to talk about. So uh, thank you very much, guys, for, for joining me for a very fun conversation. And I guess we'll just have to tease the listeners and say stay tuned next month for uh, a continuation of this discussion. So, Great. A lot of fun. Thanks, Bart. Yeah. Before we wrap up and let you guys give your links, just to say to people that, uh, particularly actually for this show, it's, I think it's important, you'll find show notes at lets-talk.ie because uh, I'm going to stick all of these pictures we've talked about into the show notes so that, that way the conversations will make more sense. Um, also, while you happen to be there, you might notice in the left sidebar there's these two giant blue buttons under the heading support the show. Please consider supporting the show. <laughs> Um, I do I, I do this for fun, not for profit, but at the moment I'm doing it for loss and fun. But, you know, I, I could do with breaking even on my podcasting endeavors. So if you'd like to help, that is a way to help. Another way to help, of course, is very straightforward. Tell your friends. And that costs nothing to anyone. And that is also much appreciated. And to those of you who support the show every month on Patreon, you guys are the reason this show can keep existing. So thank you very much. Your support is totally... I just couldn't do the show without your support, so thank you very much. Okay, guys, um, I guess in some regards, there's one giant big plug. So you two together <laughs> are the Switch to Manual guys. That yeah. we are. Where so, can they find us, Tony? <laughs> I'll do the whole spiel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you Dude, should have it worked get... out as banter. You should be throwing back to each other. You know? uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or not. <laughs> well, I go, I, you know, I say, uh, well, you can find us on... 
Twitter, which is a great place. It's the Switch, the number two manual, so Switch 2 manual. Uh, what else, Tom? We're on Facebook? Facebook, um, our website, Switch to Manual. Switch to Manual.com. Uh, Flickr. Uh, Flickr, which you can get to. Yeah, we have a Flickr group on uh, that you can get to. Uh, I may not have joined that yet. I would have to do that. Well, you probably couldn't have because Allison Sheridan of Podfeet.com pointed out to us that we had that on private. And so. Oh, well, that's not my fault. Yeah, so okay. you couldn't have joined. So now you could. Um, then I will. We had it. Yeah. We were, we've been saying it on our podcast, you join our Flickr group, but it's been on private for so long. Oops. <laughs> uh, well, because we, we were really maintaining it for our people who were taking our classes, you know, our photo oh, workshops. Course, yeah. So it didn't even occur to me to think, oh, right, you know what? Make it public. But uh, we're also trying to get a foothold in G+. I'm, you know, I'm not totally convinced by it, but I like the way it displays pictures. So Tom and I are on, on G+. And we're, we said Facebook, right? Yeah, Facebook. You definitely said yeah. Facebook, yes. Yeah. And uh, what else? But the best way to get in touch with us is, is tweeting us through uh, Twitter, switch to manual. See, what I find hilarious in the modern world is that one of the last things you thought of was your .com website. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so far down everyone's radar. It's interesting. You know, yeah. we just, I just redid the website, too. It's so such it looks a like great it, website, too. It looks like it grew up suddenly. And I think I'm going to use the same stuff for my own website. It looked really – I was like, wow, man, we look professional. <laughs> like, we, <laughs> like we know what we're doing, right? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Okay, you do. So, hang yeah. on a sec. Switch to manual. Is that with a TO instead of a two? Yeah. The, our, our website is switch2manual.com. Our Twitter feed, I wanted to save one letter on Twitter, so I switch the number two manual. Oh, yeah. I have to say, I do like this new this new website. It's, it's elegantly minimalist. Yeah, yeah. And it's scalable, too. And, uh, whatever Ooh, you call it. Look at that. Yeah. It looks good. In, it looks as good on the iPad as it does on the. <laughs> On the website. So, yeah, we got that going. Um, That's a really the, nice theme. The, the, yeah. yeah. Well done. And Thank if we you. could just put a little plug in for our Switch to Manual podcast, um, we recently interviewed Ron Haviv, one of the co-founders of the photo agency 7. So we're, we're excited about that. And That's you were saying that. that will be released to the people on Wednesday-ish? Wednesday... What is the date? May Wednesday, end of May. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the last one in May. <laughs> the last one in May. With any luck, if I, if I, but uh, yes, that's our next episode. It's a he's a great photojournalist. Uh, very powerful imagery. Um, a lot of people who are, who know follow photojournalism will know his pictures. You'll see it in Newsweek and Time and and uh, a lot of other places. Very powerful photographer. So yeah, we interviewed him and he's coming up. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Excellent. Okay. So thanks well, for the plugs. Yeah. No worries. I've been your host, Bart Bouchot. You can find me at bartb.ie. And until next time, happy snapping. You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Lisa Pacelli, Suze Gilbert, Vicky Stokes, Women, Savvy, Geeks, Three Geeky Ladies, Technology from a Female Perspective. <laughs>